from the creators of Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, February 20th, 2015, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's episode is brought to you by Stamps.com. If you're tired of the hassle and expense of doing your mailing and shipping at the post office, thankfully, there's a better way, Stamps.com. With Stamps.com, you can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package right from your desk using your own computer and printer. You even get special postage discounts that you can't find at the post office. Plus, Stamps.com is more powerful than a postage meter at just a fraction of the cost. You can save up to 80% compared to a postage meter, and you'll avoid all those time-consuming trips to the post office. Right now, use promo code RELEVANT for a special offer. You get a no-risk trial plus a $110 bonus offer, which includes a digital scale and up to $55 of free postage. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in RELEVANT. That's Stamps.com into RELEVANT. Love them. Yeah. Like I said, uh, I'm Cameron, and here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Cat Coffles. Cameron, it's nice. It's nice Welcome to back. See. Welcome back. Thank you. Big week last week. Over there on the uh, ones and twos, birthday boy, Chad Michael Snavely. Yes, Hello, yes. friends. Hello. It's his birthday today. Yes. Very excited. Hey, happy birthday, man. From the Thanks. tundra of Chicago, Illinois, Shana Nequist is with us. Good morning. Thank goodness. And barely hanging on by a thread from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. You guys, you're talking to a man on the brink right now, like <laughs> hey. literally on the brink of sanity. And like the last, like, <laughs> well, let me back wait, up. Wait, wait, wait. Let's Hold bring on. people My up mind to speed. is jumbled right now. I don't know if you can hear it. There's Nickelback blaring, and it's been impossible to concentrate for the last 60 hours on anything. Yeah, it's a little annoying. Can you turn it down a little bit? <laughs> the, uh, the, so what's going on, uh, for if people are tuning in, because... We're in the middle of a viral sensation, international news. So a lot yeah. of people might be checking in to see how Jesse's doing yeah. in the midst of this. He, well, J- there's, there's, you're, you're hitting a low point. You're in a valley right now. Yeah. Jesse is uh, <laughs> in the middle of a 168 hours straight for a week straight. He's listening only to the Nickelback catalog on loop. Such a good idea. And the reason he's doing it is to raise money to build wells with charity water. That's right. As of this recording... $19,000 has been donated to build wells, bringing clean water, sustainable clean water to hundreds of lives. So it's, ama- it's amazing. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Well, let it me is- say this too. It, and it was the idea of a podcaster, uh, yeah. of a podcast listener. Okay, we'll get into that. Like, I want to know right now, you're on day three. How are you doing? Well, because of a combination of factors, I am not doing well at all. <laughs> no. Let me let me start to name hey, those factors. Hold on, this is not shtick either. No. By the way, you like, look this awful. Is, like this is the moment. Usually, when like the camera pops up and Jesse's there and it's kind of pre-show, we're like talking and smiling. Jesse's like little red under his eyes, no smile. Your face is ashen. Kind of things aren't okay. Yeah. So, well, tell, well, tell us dude, what's going call on. Me trying to okay. Let, let me just start from the beginning here. Number one thing that's wrong is the music of Nickelback. 
<laughs> right. playing, it's playing right now. Just generally not help. Not good. Yeah. Uh, uh, to the lack of sleep because I've been listening to it while I sleep. Please tell me Dana's at a hotel right yeah. now. That's God. I would like to know that she's sleeping <laughs> get somewhere her else. Out of here for a week. The, the, yeah. the first night we did, I because I, I can't sleep with. I was worried about. I tried to do the earbud thing, but I keep rolling around, and it just wasn't a good thing happened. So I decided it had to be audible in the room. Oh. Last two nights I've been in the guest room and probably be here for the rest of the week. Absolutely. Which is completely understandable. Sweet Dana does not have to go through this junk. No, no, She no, never no, asked no. for this life. No, she no. did not. She just married what, you. What has gone crazy, though, is a couple of weird international sites picked this up earlier yeah. in the week. Then MTV.com picked it up. Right. And then this morning I wake up and yeah. Time, Time listened to the show and yeah. Time is talking about it. And now yeah. it's going crazy. Time yes. actually listened to the show. Yeah. They had quotes from, from the show. Within show. Does that make you feel a little less good about Time Magazine as a news source? <laughs> <laughs> like somebody had time to listen to the relevant right. podcast? Like, I'm, I'm going to sit next to someone on an airplane and they're going to be like, oh, I work for Time Magazine. And I think this person is like extremely sophisticated, <laughs> big demands on his time, kind of a big deal. Oh, sometimes you listen to the relevant podcast? Uh-oh. And write a news blurb about it. Yeah. Well, so. and, and now we're getting inundated. And, and Jesse, point. I want to know the, the latest media interview requests. You are oh. Mr. Drive Time. We're seeing on the Twitter feed people all over the country saying that their radio stations are talking about it. it there are TV stations that you're the top of the news for the noon uh, news. Like you're in the scroll. I mean, well, I would say I would say about half of the interview requests are, that I have scheduled are Canadian, and I'm worried about the tone and the hostility I'm going to face because one of them said, "Listen, we're in, we're in Nickelback's hometown." Oh no! Oh, yeah, but you know what? You know what? I Jesse? think Canadians are in on the joke. I I do, but also there is nobody better to explain the joke than you because there has been a little bit of pushback from Nickelback's N- wife, Nickelback and the drummer wife and drummer mm-hmm. were really the uh, guitarist, not Chad's wife. Right, he's the, the guitarist, the guitarist. They wife, they right. were not getting the joke. But Jesse, we we talked about this a little bit. And yeah, you, and you, I think you've. Uh, first of all, you could listen to any music for seven days and go crazy. It right. could be Beethoven. Yeah. It could be the Beatles. You're just you're not designed to have seven days worth of music. But also, like this isn't totally making fun of them in your mind, is it? Or how's this joke work out to you? Yeah, well, I mean, the way I've kind of come into it, the, 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 like we didn't conceive of this. Someone sent it to us. I think the reason that it was funny is because Nickelback <laughs> occupies a very unique place in popular culture where they're arguably the biggest band of their generation. They've sold 50 million albums. No foreign act has sold more than them in the United States other than the Beatles. So they're literally at the top of their game. Wow. But they... Were at the top <laughs> of their game. I mean... Well, I mean, they're, they're on a world tour right now that has uh, been selling pretty well from... I've been getting a lot of Nickelback news updates. Oh, um, you know, I know it's selling... <laughs> here, hey, so... Uh, no known address a tour. So, tour, right? the, speaking of their tour, April 20... Or August 27th, they're in Virginia Beach, and since we crossed 10,000, I had to buy me and Jesse two tickets I to saw, go. I saw that. Two tickets to Nickelback. Bad seats. It's in an amphitheater. We are two rows from the back. We're not in the grass seating. We're right, the second. Right, right. It was $100, $120 for two seats. Holy smokes. So, 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 
So, I, I, oh I, my gosh. Coming into this, and this isn't like an excuse, and I didn't, I didn't want to position anything mean-spirited, but coming into it, I know that they are more successful at making music than anything I or 99% of people on Earth are going to are gonna be at their jobs. Do you just know that he's totally just, objectively. He's just talking fast and loud. Like you are so out of your head right now. I, let, let me just finish here. I'm because sorry. I love you. I'm the, sorry. the song that just came off my my playlist, I swear, is called "A Million Miles an Hour." It's I'm by sorry. Nickelback. It's off the No Fix Address CD. It's the only track. <laughs> I've memorized the listings. I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. So, but all that to say is, they are by most objective standards pretty loathed by fans that don't like Nickelback. So yeah. they're really polarizing, right? And just like like ABBA of the 70s, like the biggest band in the world also has these people that crush their CDs at baseball games. So it just seemed like that absurdity right. would be a really funny joke. Right. And, and I tried not to, and look, uh, honestly, uh, totally seriously, I don't love the, the music of Nickelback, but I don't love it or less than other bands in their genre. Like it's just the Creed. joke works better yeah, with them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so... And then I tried to, too, I made a really cautious effort to that everything I say could not possibly be taken seriously. Like, I tried to have the tongue so deep into my cheek when I say God. that I have medics standing by yeah. monitoring my vital signs or that, uh, you know, I'll get sucked into a tesseract from listening to their music <laughs> or that I've had to retain lawyers because listening to more, more than four Nickelback songs in a row is illegal, uh, that, that I'm physically manifesting signs that I'm in the band, like the, the tips of my hair are frosting. Like, if anyone could take this seriously and that I'm not, like, aware of that I'm making fun of a pop culture stereotype and not the band, I mean, obviously, they have to have a bit of self-awareness to get the joke, but I would hope that they have that yeah. and they've done like a funnier dive video basically making the same yeah. sorts of jokes he has so been I, saving this up for a while yeah. My well, well I thought well and again because I'm not out look man I don't even even though they're super successful <laughs> this is amazing just keep going buddy this is your time here's the analogy here's the analogy I told Eddie I'm like look you, you know when you know when the big thing was Chuck Norris jokes yeah. and everyone make it like how awesome Chuck Norris is those people making those jokes didn't actually think Chuck Norris was that awesome that he was capable of like curing cancer with his tears <laughs> But the joke was on a pop culture stereotype and made it funny. It's like I don't actually think Nickelback is so terrible that I that I my body's going to be de- donated to the American Psychological Association, like I tweeted. <laughs> research and evaluation. I'm making fun of a stereotype, and that's why just, it's funny. Just so you know we're still here. <laughs> I'm losing it, guys. I am. I'm in deep right now. Sweet anyway, guy. anyway, Nickelback, if you're listening, I hope you're a good sports about this. I, I mean, no, nothing malicious and nothing but the continued success. Thank you for allowing we us to we- make a joke at the expense of a stereotype that follows your band, whether oh, rightly or wrongly, well, but that's the reality. Sorry. Wow. Keep giving money to Charity Water. Okay, uh, Jesse, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta ask. This, okay, was, you got your defensiveness ooh. out of the way. I know that yeah. Nickelback kind of amped you up. Uh, <laughs> you've done something I don't know that even Nickelback has done and listened to their entire catalog in order. I oh, couldn't yeah. listen to babies giggling for seven days. Are you, no, I could not. Are you, <laughs> are you observing anything? Are you have you oh, ha- have you broken through the matrix? Is there anything that stands out to you in this? Uh-huh. Oh, I, I've honestly thought several times about the essay I'm going to write in Requiem. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> in Requiem. Because I have a lot of thoughts about their music. Actually, if you want me to give a few, yeah, I need a couple. Yeah. <laughs> so 
their first album is by most objective standards pretty terrible, and it mainly has to do with the production quality. Like it's just really bad, you know. Was it like were they like an indie band? Like, like it, it was like it was like Creed demos met, meets like Nirvana. Oh, like, okay. Grungy, they, but also with that sort of like they just didn't know, Yeah, they didn't know who they were. They're trying to figure it out. Right. Uh, albums like two through four. Mm. Like they were kind of finding their footing, or still so they, they have like a lot of sleazy songs in there, like sleazy misogynistic bar rock. You know, like there's a scene. Have you guys seen Spinal Tap? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. You know the scene where they go to the record executive, and the record executive's like, "You can't do this. It's sexist." And they're like, "What's wrong with being sexy? The whole <laughs> idea is being sexy." And they don't know the difference between sexist and sexy. Yeah. Nickelback was in that rut for a couple hours. Okay, okay. (laughs) The last two, honestly, and this is totally, because I've listened to this a lot in the last couple days. Yeah. Jack Kroger cracked the code, (laughs) and he's just been churning out hits. Say what you will about Nickelback. The guy's honestly probably a pop music genius because he's just replicating something that's working, and he's reinventing it for the last two albums. And they got a lot of, Flo Rida is on this last album, guys. I don't know if you know that. (laughs) Didn't. Blowrider has a verse. They have a song where you, it's like it's like blurred lines. Like you hear like the like kind of like that little jangly guitar and like people going hey in the background. The guys figured it out. <laughs> so do you kind of find yourself when you're in the middle of it, like kind of looking forward to the last two albums? Oh, absolutely, no question. Because, because like I said, even if you don't like it, even if you don't like it, which that's just, it's just a taste thing at that yeah, point. You yeah. Know? Uh huh. You can appreciate what the dude's doing, especially when you listen to that first album. You're like, that guy is making this? Because this, I know, is going to be a top 40 hit somewhere in the world, and it probably is. <laughs> hey, hey, a real talk here between bros. I have known you for a while, and we have talked for hundreds of hours. I think you are going crazy. Yeah, because like, <laughs> I think some Stockholm Syndrome is kicking in right yeah, now. It's not Stockholm Syndrome. I've never thought more clearly. <laughs> I've never been more alive. If we were neighbors, I would come over like with soup. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Take your wife out for a nice lunch. Like I'm a little concerned. I, yeah. I, I'm more, I have seven or eight radio interviews and I'm worried what I'm going to say. I feel like I've lost touch with reality. Just Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a moment. There's going to be a moment where we are doing a lot of backpedaling. Yeah. <laughs> like, this story is going to turn into a real different story. A, a special podcast. This week. Yeah. And when, when, when the morning radio, when the morning TV segment rolls around on Sunday, who knows? Wow. I'm picturing my face will be painted like Lord of the flies. Oh, there will oh, be yeah. there will be an oh, open man. bonfire in the middle of my living room. <laughs> <laughs> Just take back, Clara. Yeah. Well, uh, people have been fairly encouraging to you, right? I mean, I, have you felt the love on your back oh, on yeah. Twitter? Oh yeah, I would say ninety nine percent of people, uh, aside from honestly, maybe a dozen total like Nickelback yeah. fans that that really that did. you've gotten a dozen because I mean, were they maybe. related to the band? Uh, uh, at least one was, yeah. Um, uh, but but the other ones were just like you know, defending Nickelback. Which look, if but I, I was trying to think of like a parallel. Like if someone was doing this to a band I like, like what would would I really be offended? I probably would just think it's funny either way. Yeah, you know, like because you're I, normal. Well, yeah, people have ripped be- on the podcast. I don't care. I mean, what do I? What do we care? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Um, hey, I just real quick, just to if you can breathe for a second. I got a couple of folks that couldn't be on the show, but wanted to send you uh, just some encouragement, um, <laughs> yeah. and they sent me a couple of emails to read to you. Do you? Do you, do you mind if I pop in for a second and read please, those to yeah, you? Yeah, please. First do. one is uh, from Joy. 
who uh, you know uh, is on sabbatical right now, and she said, "Eddie, please tell Jesse that um, I'm so sorry that I can't be with you as I'm on sabbatical and in the midst of my own challenge for charity for the last month and for the remainder of my time off. I'll be wearing moo-moos all day, uh, <laughs> watching Netflix, all of Netflix. I've only got three episodes of Sons of Anarchy left before I'm out of stuff to watch." Uh, and she said, "I'll be using my essential oils on my many broken bones, which I broke while climbing up my uh, gigantic porcelain cat to dust off my other gigantic." Organic porcelain cats <laughs> on my fancy shelf. And she said that you can make donations out to loveandrespect.com slash joy needs rent. So she wanted to send that along to you. The second one so was Joy's doing great. Joy's doing great. Right. So she wanted to send that along to you. The second one uh, was from Chad's mom, uh, Mrs. Michael Snavely. She's very okay. con- she's very concerned. Jessie. Yeah, she sent me a nice letter. She should be. She said, Eddie, sorry we couldn't hang out uh, at Panera and Marshall's when I was in Florida last month. <laughs> it would have been a blast to get some girl time with you. Also, she's said, please make sure that Chad is getting enough iron. I worry about his diet. He's always been a picky eater, but Lord, that boy can sing. He's got the voice of an angel. And then she goes and talks about how you sang Edelweiss to her and stuff like that. Anyhow, and please tell him happy birthday and that I send him $5 and a card as Mm -hmm. well as some penny Mm -hmm. candy. And she said, regarding uh, Jessie, I don't know who she is or what Nickelback (laughs) is, but I'm glad she's giving water to her favorite charities. (laughs) They could all use the hydration. Make sure Chad's drinking his water. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, Mrs. Michael Snavely. We always end our letters like that <laughs> um, and the last one I was I, this one was most uh, shocking to me to get it was from N.T. Wright of course who's one of my heroes got to interview him N.T. Wright uh, emailed me and said Mr. Koffeltz this has gone far enough interviewing me a few years ago was fine but the thrice daily questions pictures jokes and general insanity is no longer appreciated I'm going to contact authorities if you email text show up at a lecture knock on my front door uh, mail me your hair again uh, your friend <laughs> Tom Wright. I love Tom's jokes. I emailed him back right away. It was great. And, and I will say this in all seriousness. You know, you guys have caught me at a fragile moment here. The support has been crazy. Okay. Like, I've, my Twitter feed has been blowing, literally blowing out from people yeah. that are stoked about this, that are that are giving, that think it's, it's, it's a fun, funny idea. And yeah. so everyone who's tweeted at me and everyone who's given, thank you. You guys are awesome, and it's been it has been a blast and crazy to see a joke that started on the podcast get this kind of attention. Yeah, yeah. I was I, I was recounting the story to, no. to a couple of the staff members who don't listen to the podcast because like they're like, what is going on? And I was like, it was because. Jesse, you brought a slice one day many, of many weeks well, of the guys <laughs> who di- who watched uh, Grown Ups Two every right. week and did a podcast, right. and then uh-huh. there was like another guy the same week that hit the news or over the holidays he did some three days of listening to something terrible stunt right. or he it was it was Dawson's Creek Dawson's Creek and uh, decided because he was getting uh, uh, attention to to try and parlay it for charity, and Eddie says. Jesse, this just kind of feels like the sort of thing that would be in your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And Jesse says he's thought many times about psychological <laughs> endurance challenges that he could do for I charity. I those, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and so then that week, this is about a month ago, yeah. it was our question of the week. A listener suggested this exact challenge. Jesse selected this one. And I mean, this was like... This was y'all's. I mean, the the podcast listeners made this happen. Yeah, yeah. This is crazy, buddy. We're we're rooting for you. You're a good man. We're all in this together. I mean, well, like you said, not really, not really. Yeah, except it's from the podcast. It's a it's a it's a yeah. podcast thing, and and they were all, you know the listeners were on the ground floor with everything. So thank you guys, yeah. and I'm going to keep rocking it. 
Bruce Sunday night if if I'm alive. Yeah, and people who haven't given yet, don't sit on the sidelines and be yeah. like, oh, they've already raised 19. They don't need my help. Give yeah. five bucks. Yeah. Get involved. Like, don't just like retweet it. It's been amazing how many of those donations were like one dollar, five dollars, yeah. twenty bucks. And then awesome. did you see the one that was like a thousand? Yeah. And like, eight hundred. That guy yeah. hates Nickelback. Yeah. That guy hates <laughs> really does really not like hates Nickelback. Nickelback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I'm sure Jesse will uh, continue to give us updates throughout the show. Uh, yeah, I just got I just got uh, a tweet came in from BuzzFeed, a BuzzFeed reporter. So got to get back to them at some point. Awesome. Lord. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, it's a big week yeah. uh, coming up on the show today. Uh, we have Brooke Frazier joining us. We're yes. huge fans. Yeah, that's exciting. She's on tour right now. Um, and also coming up later, it's it's a really cool story. I actually one of Joy's friends I met, uh, Liz Bohannon. She and her husband are the founders of Seiko Designs. It's a really cool story what they do. Um, but they were on Shark Tank last week. And so we have her on the show to tell us what happened on the show. Yeah. No way. When Sean and I were in Austin, huh. Liz was there. And it was the Friday, the day that, that Shark Tank was going to air her episode. Neat. And I was like, okay, we have some Shark Tank fans on the show. Yeah. And she's doing kind of social entrepreneurism. And it's a really cool thing. And uh, I want to know how it goes because she couldn't tell me that right. day. So we have her on the show later. She's going to talk about... We are all going to talk to her oh, uh, fun. live. Yeah. And uh, she's going to tell us about the, the scoop behind the scenes of what goes on at Shark Tank. Talk to, she's so great. I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. really, really cool. And then, uh, well, yeah, we'll talk, get the Mac Powell thing later. <laughs> but uh, but it's a big week. I mean, aside from the Nick- the Nickelback Challenge has kind of taken everything over, but normally yeah. this is the week for the Oscars.biz Awards. Yeah. This is award season. And if you've been listening to the podcast for the last few years, you know that every, every year at this time, we have uh, nominations for our our listener voted awards. It's not the Oscars. It's the Oscars.biz. O-S-K-A-R-Z.biz. No Obviously. affiliation. And, um, and it's, it's Jesse's, uh, it's our award show kind of to give attention and credit where it's due mm-hmm. in the reality television and internet meme world. Uh, mm-hmm. This year, we decided to shake it up. Oh, yeah. And we are not going to have the nominations on the podcast this week. We filmed a standalone nomination show yesterday that will be on our YouTube channel and on the podcast episode page. It's about 45 minutes long. (laughs) It's for the diehards. (laughs) Yeah. And it is a multimedia (laughs) extravaganza. I got to tell you, I I did not know what to expect because really Oscars was just kind of we watch and Jesse just unravels it all in front of us. Yeah, this year was the funniest. Yeah, I, I was, we were doubled over crying. Oh, it was yeah. So Gosh. fun! So I, it's a multimedia experience. So we couldn't destroyed. do it on the uh, on the podcast. So we right. had to dedicate a, a video experience to it. Uh, so that's now up at at uh, it's both at oscars.biz. It's at, on our YouTube channel, and it's also on on the podcast episode page. Watch it and go to oscars.biz and vote. And next week mm-hmm. we will have the oscars.biz award show with a very special guest host. Yeah, and I don't know who very, that is, which I love. Very special. A very Let's just say he's been affiliated with the Oscars in the past. And that's okay. all I'll say. Okay. So, big big, big time, big news uh, happening next week. Oscars with a Z. It's not yeah. like Neil Patrick Harris. O-S-K-A-R-Z.biz. Okay. Got it. Yep. So that's exciting. So that's coming up later. Um, Are you excited, Shauna? <laughs> I, I'm... Uh, I'm 
even more confused about what they actually are uh, than I was last year. I feel yeah. like last year I spent maybe two or three episodes just saying, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. yeah. I, I have no idea what's happening. Oh, so, that was, that's right. Sort of the same. That was you, fairly new in your run on the show last year. And that was kind right. of your, all of a sudden there's a picture of you like on a red carpet and people are Photoshopping <laughs> stuff. And it was like, oh, yes. This, it's all coming back to yes, me. This, uh, you, uh-huh. And remember the Oscars happened and then there was, there was the selfie. Right. And up. then Cameron Photoshopped. <laughs> all of us into it that was that whole thing yeah and it was i, I think it was cameron texted me the oh, picture yeah. of my face on madonna's body <laughs> yeah. and then i said something like Shadana. ha 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 never show this to anyone ever and he was like uh don't check facebook yeah post it everywhere immediately <laughs> don't check the internet because <laughs> as gone. jesse knows the internet takes things and runs with Just them it's gone crazy yeah. <laughs> all right so that's all coming up uh but up first your entertainment releases music coming out on tuesday february 24th dan d is coming out with Glass Riffer. Mr. Wives is coming out with Our Own House. That sounds like a TLC show. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. <laughs> Wives. Uh, the Airborne Toxic Event, Dope Machines. And Matt Carney is coming out with Just Kids. Is it a kids album? I don't think so. Okay. So it's it's just, just kids. It's an adult album. It's just kids singing adult songs. Yeah. yeah it's very inappropriate. I, yeah. I think that's <laughs> called Kids Pop. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Matt Carney's doing a Kids Pop album. Great. Hey, Jesse, any idea when the next Nickelback album comes out? <laughs> Well, I mean, No Fix Address just dropped recently. Oh. If you're going to start somewhere, I'd start with that one. <laughs> so is that, would you say that's your favorite of all of them? Oh, absolutely. I'm telling yeah. you. Tell, do they go backwards in favorite? Like, this is your favorite, and then the last one is number two, and then... The, he, the Chad Kroger, or whoever's <laughs> responsible for writing these songs, has been on a, on a slow but steady evolution. Yeah. And it, and it culminates with Flow Rider. It, I mean, he. I think it's one. That's like one of the last songs on the track on the on the album. But who knows who is next? But I heard, I saw I read on, on the Nickelback news he's collaborating with One Direction. I'm telling you, the dude knows what's happening. <laughs> he's okay. no fool. Okay. Okay. He's no fool. You don't you don't sell 50 million albums being a fool. Okay. And I've been listening to the music to prove it. Shauna, Shauna. I feel like. Do you ever sometimes like after somebody wins the Super Bowl and they yes. they interview Richard that Sherman. person, right. Right. And, and they're so wound up that they're just sort of like um, spewing unrelated sound bites over and over, like just I just I just. I got the ball and I took the ball and then I got the ball and then just right. it, right. and then they, it, it's all about the team and it, and it just keeps happening no matter what question you ask yeah. they keep answering the same way. like yeah. the same rotation of un- disconnected kind of non sequiturs I feel sort of like that's what's happening right now. the problem is I haven't had a moment of clarity since this thing begun and it's really hard to organize things it's happening when the music is happening yeah it never stops exactly you're doing it yeah that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, and Shauna, just as a side note, I've seen uh, the word Florida has been mentioned twice in this podcast, and both times you've kind of looked away kind of curiously. <laughs> do you know who that man is? No, I do. Know, I don't. I do know who that is. I did low, not see low, the, low, the collaboration low. with Nickelback. That that yeah. caught me off guard. Yeah. Right. yeah. I did not see don't that Don't cue it up, yeah, Jesse. Don't ask don't Jesse to explain it. it. I'm not cheating. I don't jump ahead. I'm seeing when it's coming up, and I will play it loudly, and it's coming up soon. You put a lot of <laughs> rules on yourself that no one else put on you. You you played at the maximum possible volume for the situation you're in. Why? I, I I try to. Yeah, but okay. And then you play it all in order. It's all in order. Why don't you skip ahead, shuffle around? Why don't? Why is, doesn't it drive you crazy to listen to it all in a loop? Because it's a it's long like read, loop. It's like reading a book twice or watching the same movie twice. It happens the way it happens. You get again, a, but it's it, it's a feat of endurance here. 
I, mean, I don't want to make the point isn't for it to be easy. <laughs> okay. Well, give to charity water. You're like you're like an athlete in training. You yeah, are. you don't you're not trying to cut corners. You're gonna no. you're gonna uh, increase the resistance to build more stamina. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If I'm gonna do this thing and people are donating all this money to a great cause, then I am going to do my best to make it difficult and terrible. You're wearing your psychological under armor. You are in you, the yeah, mindset. Yeah. You I'm are trying to protect this house. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold it up to the mic when the the Florida song comes on. No, yeah, yeah I definitely want to hear All that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's only one verse, guys, and it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'm honestly kind of curious where they're going to go next album. That's probably a year or two away. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, movie releases. You're gonna co- hate the tour. <laughs> you're gonna hate the concert, or you're gonna love it. You're either gonna like it's gonna be like PTSD, and you're just gonna totally. shrivel I think up. He might weep. Or there's gonna be part of you that's like that's the only time you felt like you're home for weeks. <laughs> you know, like I don't know which way your psychology is gonna go. And it's gonna be like four months from now. More, right. No, six months from yeah. now. How deep will the crack be in your psyche? We <laughs> shall uh, see. Movie, Sorry, movie Roll releases down. coming out on Friday, uh, February 27th. Focus the Will Smith, uh, Margot Robbie movie um i think this one with the uh con men right i think so the yeah. lazarus effect olivia wilde mark duplass donald glover everly selma hayek's new movie and maps to the stars which is uh playing now at the planetarium uh no maps to the stars julian moore john cusack and others there you go entertainment releases stay tuned up next slices You're listening to Jack White uh, with Nickelback softly playing in the background. Um, (laughs) The song is That Black Bat Licorice from the new Jack White EP. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Passion Pit's new one, Lifted Up 1985, from their upcoming album, Kindred. Okay, it's time for Slices. Dare I ask, what do you have, Jesse? Uh, well, there's a, a guy, and it looks like he's in Virginia Beach, Virginia. <laughs> See, don't you already hear? He's already at eight. He's like, he's, you don't even hear it. <laughs> really Are imitating life, man. You've gone from reporting the news to being the news. It's yeah. very meta. One man has gone crazy. That time Jesse became a slice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I don't, I don't wish to to recreate this, but uh, no. Okay, so my actual slice says, you guys know my theory of total mastery. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That I said that I I can't. I think I said three months at, at, at I, certain. Athletic I think you things. said thirty days, but we yeah, had a long conversation. Three months. About you this, think some... you can acquire any athletic skill, or right, if you're given three months to train, and if I had the right physique for the for the scenario. Wow. I mean, well, then anybody then anybody could. could. Yeah. Well, well, no, no, no. It's like golfing. It's like. With my current physique, if I had the time, I, I'm talking about like I couldn't become like a middle linebacker just because they're too big. <laughs> right. But like right now, if you wanted to, you could go run track in three months. You could be Olympic ready for track. I don't know about Olympic ready, but I could be proficient. Very, a, 
and, and again, a lot of this isn't necessarily feats of athleticism. Right. They're feats of skill. Skill. So you can master up close magic. You could master the harp. Things it like that. It always comes back to yeah. up close magic. Yeah. The dart am- throwing. The amount of dart time throwing. we've spent on animals and up close magic on this show is shocking. <laughs> hey, I'm going to continue my slice now. <laughs> I know. Sorry, buddy. Well, a table tennis coach, a ping pong coach named Ben Larcombe had the same idea that he could teach anyone. This is the song with the flow right first. Can't um, wait. Just stop your slice and play it turn, when it's turn time. Turn it up. Turn it up. It, it, it's coming. It's towards the end of the song. Don't worry. Um, God, my <laughs> so he, he believed that he could turn anyone into a table tennis master with a year of intense training. So uh, he found a volunteer named Sam Presley, and for the entire year of 2014. Uh, he trained Sam with the goal of breaking him into the top 250 players in the UK, um, which is no mean feat. They, they take table tennis very seriously over there. Uh, they, ha- they, they created a video that you can watch. It's on YouTube. If you look for, if you Google Sam Presley ping pong, you can find it. He is terrible at ping pong in <laughs> January, of t- objectively terrible at ping pong in 2014. The whole video shows his entire progression, and he literally becomes an expert with a year of hard work. He doesn't break into the top 250, but he's very close and is actually competing with guys in the top 250. That's incredible. So it's basically a, 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 a validation of my theory. Well, that's next year's Charity Water Challenge. <laughs> what can you <laughs> One do? One year from now. <laughs> okay. yeah. Wow. That is nice. I know. I actually, I saw the video. It's, uh, oh, it's on Relevant, and uh, it's really, <laughs> really amazing. It's a great website, by the way. You guys yeah, should all check, check it, it out. out yeah. yeah, it's super interesting. It was really nuts <laughs> to see him, like, because like, he really, the first one was, I could have beaten him in the first, in the first yeah. January, I could have beaten him. And by the end, he's doing like the, uh, the Forrest Gump thing, you <laughs> know, where he's like, he's like, yeah. And he's got like a training net and stuff. Wow. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> so, you know, it took him a whole year, what I think I could probably do in 30 days, but still it's impressive. <laughs> yeah. So, so are you thinking about now a new skill that you want to acquire? I mean, I've, I'm always thinking about that. Right. But you know, I mean, that's pretty much what my life is a culmination of skills that I've acquired. Are you able to think about what you do if given the opportunity now, or is that just way outside of the scope of what you're able to process? Well, what I, what I have been thinking about is a year from now, yeah. the third week in February 2016, when we do another one of these and we get listeners to, to, to do a pop culture inspired endurance challenge for charity. Well, I'm trying to figure out what that will be. Maybe it will involve a skill that you have to acquire in the meantime. Do we? Oh, I see. Maybe next year for Charity Water, we should hang do... On, hang on, guys. <laughs> this is Nickelback. <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> this is a highlight. Just let me just let me have this. I don't get this for another 21 hours. <laughs> Wait for it. Isn't this it? <laughs> I'm telling you guys, yeah. it's a pretty it's a pretty impressive evolution. That is really good, Jesse. <laughs> That is really good, buddy. Thank you. That was awesome. They're, they're I'm not being your best I'm, friends. Jokes they? aside, like, we're not, I feel like yeah. Nobody thinks you're joking. I it's think like you, you think, just watched your child walk for the first time. That's how excited you just were. The first time through the catalog, I'm like, I, I was blo- I was really stunned about the progression. That's all. Does it destroy you to know that in just a few short moments you're going to be back at album one? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, it's that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you have to start the the slow, slow journey. I mean, what, so, what took them a decade and a half? You know. So what's the next? How how long is the whole catalog? What's the entire loop of music? Five and a half. Five, hours? And, a, five and a half hours. Yeah. So around. you got till you got this evening around dinner time before you hear Flow Ride. It'll be again. a nice pick me up before yeah. bed. I feel like sometimes when you see like a, a a really great photographer can capture the moment when like the groom sees the bride yeah. for the first time. Yeah. That's what your face just looked like. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was that level of, of was, deep joy. This is only it's only fifteen seconds of happiness every five and a half hours. You know? How do you hang out with your kid? I mean, are you just sitting there? There's angry, so many, you and you just like you have the headphones in, and you're just kind of quietly like just gumming your oatmeal <laughs> and reading him a book and. It hasn't been pleasant, guys. <laughs> I, think, I think you can imagine what it would be like sitting there with the headphones and with Nickelback. How much Nickelback do you think Noah understands about what's happening? I, I think he's had a sense that it was coming for a long time. Whether he's able to put words to it, I don't know. But this is a weird one. <laughs> All okay. right, Slices, what do you have, Shauna? Okay, so this is about uh, a woman who is applying uh, to be a new Guinness World Record holder. Um, there has been a record in place since 2004 and she is applying to break it. So, uh, Stephanie has been the record holder since 2004 for the person who has caught the most bouquets at a wedding reception. Okay. At at one reception. No, no, no. no. How many in her lifetime (laughs) she has ever caught? They have like the t-shirt cannons. (laughs) They're just going going crazy. (laughs) Okay. So how many do you think, Stephanie, the the record stands at how many? 81. 55. 11. 11. 11? That's where the record was. 11 is the previous record. (laughs) Sorry, Sean. We should have said three. (laughs) Well, this is is perfect because you and I last week are like, oh, we'll get to 100,000 like in 10 minutes. Yeah. Like 55, uh, 1,000 bouquets. Yeah. Anyhow, keep going. (laughs) But now another woman from Utah, Jamie Jackson, is blowing Stephanie out of the water because she has caught, let me just make sure I have the math right, she has caught 46 bouquets. <gasps> wow. Now, when you think about that, that is 46 different weddings. That right? you're, no, it's think about this. It's She's gotten to how many oh, more right. weddings than that? Because that's oh, 46 right. where she caught it. Right. She has been to over 100 weddings. There no. You go. There you go. Wow. She Which is, I feel like I go to a lot of weddings. Yeah. Me too. Not nearly 100. So over the course of what, 10 years, you go uh-huh. to 10 a year. That's She just has a lot of friends. Wow. That's crazy town. But then to this, catch it, well, keep going, yeah. This is what's fascinating to me is she explains that the reason she's been to so many weddings is because of her family's connections to musical theater and church. Huh. <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? Is that like, well, you know, musical theater people, tons of weddings. Yeah, church I kind of get, but musical theater, I mean, not it's, more or less weddings. I wouldn't, I wouldn't a, have. It's a tight-knit com- tight community. Isn't yeah, it? but there's only, you know, maybe 20 of them in a troop. Yeah. How many weddings can there be? Well, well maybe we don't have to get producer. too deep into this. Yeah, I don't know. Good question. <laughs> yeah. She was also very happy uh, to, she did some research and she found out that 44 of the 46 are still married. And so now she considers herself a good luck charm. If she catches your bouquet, that means good things for a long, happy life together. Yet, doesn't this mean, like, when you catch the bouquet, aren't you like, isn't it like you're next in line? Yeah, right? you're next in line. So it's bad luck for her. So yeah. she's no, the she, martyr. Yeah, she is dispelling that myth. She said it has nothing to do with that. 
Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> apparently, uh, for her. Yeah. But she says that there's more skill involved than you think because a lot of brides hit the ceiling or hit a chandelier. So you really have to be mm, ready for the bouquet angles. to go anywhere. Yeah. So it's not just luck that she has caught yeah. all 46 I wonder events. if it's a skill that could be acquired in 30 days. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Playing the angles. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like a game of Pong at that point. Right. A life, you know, it's like bouncing off the thing. Where's it going to, yeah. That Which is, is good. really something. Yeah. That is yeah, crazy. I mean, that, that that takes some athleticism in and of itself and just skills wonder, and knowledge. Yeah, I wonder if she's tall because usually it's either... Wingspan. Like, yeah, you gotta, it's, it's wingspan or there's the clearly wingspan. like the yeah. bride and a girl have worked out some sort of method and the bride is like, it's all rigged, right? You see that a lot where like all the other like bridesmaids will like back up and then the mm-hmm. one... Yeah. The, the one so do you think them. she hangs out on row two and just she has a long reach and she goes over the top? That's what I wonder how tall she is, yeah. what her athletic background is. Um so she's the friend who's in the back row of all the pictures because she's right. the taller one. Right. And so she can reach over the short people in the front. Yeah. I yep. think that's I think that's where she's I going. think that's what happens. Yep. yep, I think you're right. That that is really, did you throw a bouquet, Shauna? Uh I did not. I think um I think because at that point I thought the tradition was now you're the next one to get married. And that feels a little weird. Like I feel like people can get married whenever they want. And yeah, yeah. It, it's presented as sort of like a sad thing for single ladies. And that yeah, felt yeah. kind of icky to me. Like yeah. Yeah. A lot of my single friends are phenomenal, wonderful people who just happen to not be married right now. And I don't know that making a spectacle of them really helps anything. Yeah. Um, so I didn't. And also, I am super anti-garter. I think yeah. that's about the creepiest thing that could ever happen in that front is, of several hundred people. That is weird. Um, I just it think, like, it's, it's a civilized affair. And I, this is absolutely not going to happen at my wedding. And yeah. uh, so no garter, no bouquet. I think we gave it to the person in the room who'd been married long the longest. Oh, that's sweet. Which now was my grandma. Oh, cool. And, you know, uh, she had it was a widow. And so it was like kind of a sweet way of saying, you know, you were married for so long and, and that's special. And you went oh. to hand it to her. And then out of nowhere, this tall girl reaches in, yeah. snatches it out 42. of 42. Yeah. She's super short, my grandma. And so, you know, uh, Jamie Jackson just came right in. And, yeah. Wow. Your, your grandmother might not be tall, but she knows how to box out. She gets good position. She's like That's Charles Barkley. Yeah. Dennis Rodman meets The Charles round Barkley. mountain rebound. Right I just there. think it's funny how much she crushed the record by as well. Uh, that, like, yeah, exactly. Like, at, it's not like, hey, I got 13. Right. At 12, 15, maybe 20, just to solidify that no one's going to break it. Just be done. You yeah. gotta hate weddings at this point. Just <laughs> yeah. be done. But no. Yeah, she has destroyed Stephanie. Yes. Yeah, she's she has destroyed Stephanie. <laughs> All right. What do you have, Eddie? Um, new study out. It was conducted in September, uh, and it is about the top ten video game terms used to confuse parents. Now, I originally saw this headline and thought, "Oh, well, that's one of those silly things." I'll know all ten of these, right? Because I've played some measure of video games, uh, and that was the moment I realized I was an old guy. So, um, <laughs> like, and that I absolutely do not know anything about video games, and my kids are outpacing me. Um, so, I wanted to walk through these top ten terms um, and ask you what you all thought it was a um, it was a survey taken of the one thousand of one thousand seven hundred and eighty three parents so that's how many parents were a part of this and everybody here yes is a parent and uh, I'm gonna see how many of these terms you know okay number 10 the term is FPS what does FPS stand for in the video game world FPS yeah this is not going to go well if we no, don't know this I have one. No clue. First person shooter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you knew that? Number well, nine. No. Now. Number no. nine, I think, is the only one we'll know. Uh, FTW. For the win. Bingo. Uh, well, it also means. Yeah. F the world. Yeah. 
Oh, well, not in the video game right. world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 just in the Christian publishing world. Yeah. Oh. Well, <laughs> just, just among Christian publishers. Yeah. Just among Jesse's yeah. mental state right now is well, FTW. Eddie, Goff- <laughs> Eddie Goffold, once again, FTW. So, uh, <laughs> NPC. What is it, N or M? N. I'm not even going to wait. Non-playable characters. Why would they be in there? Who oh, knows? Oh, it's like the the ga- uh, okay. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I like this slice because we all sound exactly yeah. like the parents yeah. that don't know. We're this like, why? Awful. Why would you say that? All right, we'll blow through them. Camping is a term. Uh, staying on one spot on a map to gain an advantage. Backward okay. backward compatible. You know what that is? Yeah, well, it's like a computer term. Yeah, work of. on multi, You right. know the older generations of the consoles. Okay. Yes. All right. We're gonna skip up. The number two is the there's a term Twitch. No, I have no he idea. was a dancer on. Uh, so you think you can dance in season two? Yeah, he two. was really good. Pop locker, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I saw him on uh, uh, Break Into Electric Boogaloo. Jesse, you think you could learn how to dance like that in three months? <gasps> Pop locker challenge. Wouldn't that be rad to, see that. I'd to give learn a lot how to of dance. money to Charity Water for that? I would give a lot of money <laughs> to, to be charity able water. to dance like that. Wouldn't that be the raddest thing? It'd be physical. You're it's you're well suited for it's it. Cultural. It's, it's kind called, of funny. You could yeah. listen to different great music. I want to see. I want to see the time lapse you know, of the beginning, the first time you try it, to where you end right, up. Right, that's all right. The first one where it's just like step, touch on one and four and two and touch. Oh, and, and there's that British guy from So You See You Can Dance just mocking me. Right, 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 right. But then by the end of it, it's just like phenomenal you're gonna turn into the guy who did that mcdonald's challenge you know right. like like you're just gonna do the stu- stunts of morgan, various morgan spurlock, morgan spurlock. Yeah. you are the next generation's morgan spurlock he built a career on this i yeah. know dude i really like this one i also like that the new thing is just pick things to just for jesse to torture himself for for yeah. charity dana like, will like, show up at our door and punch <laughs> us in the face like maybe the next go around one of us you know take the bullet but yeah. morgan spurlock made a career of that i already have a career i like here this nickelback thing is derailing it <laughs> <laughs> i like to i like to make goofy comments about the the, the ridiculous people in these stories not be one of the ridiculous people in yeah. these stories <laughs> yeah we've pushed too far yeah we, you've crossed over yeah out of the gate i think we went on a little too strong uh, the last, well, Twitch means some live streaming video platform. Okay. And it's the guy from Break Into Electric yeah, Boogaloo. Whatever, right? nerds. Next one is MMO, the last one. Top 10. Only 53% of the of the parents knew what this was. No, no, no. No, no. 53% didn't know what this was. MMORPG. <laughs> it's something a role-playing game, right? Yeah, close enough. Ma- uh, massively multiplayer online role-playing playing game. There I'm glad go. they have massively in there. Massively. Need that extra M. So this is uh, this is what we need to know now to be cool with the millennials. So know that. Awesome. <laughs> so there you go. Alright, well that'll do it for Slices. The more you know. Stay tuned. Up next, Brooke Fraser. listening to Florence and the Machine. The song is What Kind of Man? I don't know. Listens to Nickelback. <laughs> what kind of Non-stop. man listens to What Kind of Man dot dot dot. You just fill in the blank. Kind of yeah. like that Jesus is thing that Judah Smith did. <laughs> yeah. What kind of man? 
Well, this week's interview segment is brought to you by Squarespace, who provides creative tools that help anyone give a voice to their ideas. From the designers and engineers who are creating the next generation of web and mobile experiences to anyone putting together a website for the first time, Squarespace provides elegant solutions that set new standards for online publishing. I'm actually, uh, you know, we're, we're Squarespace customers, and yeah. I'm actually in my evenings this week. Yeah. Rocking some Squarespace. Doing some Squarespace building of the, the all-new Oscars.biz. Gotta be. Here's the problem. <laughs> too, is it too good? Squarespace too beautiful. is beautiful. Right, right. The <laughs> templates are gorgeous. It's, I'm trying to go, you know, it, I need it to not look professional. Right, right. Oscars is kind of a GeoCities sort of yeah. website in a Squarespace kind of <laughs> we world. We used to do it. Do you remember when we did it like as a WordPress? Yeah, it was terrible. It was like, but I would. It, it needs to. It, it needs to be terrible. Right. And so last year I did it on Squarespace right. and the galleries were just too beautiful. Right. And I'm trying to break it. Right. And Squarespace is so simple and right. elegant. And They're like, you great. literally don't want that to happen. They're like, right. like, no, I want to turn off yeah. a mobile yeah. perfect yeah. feature. So like, when you go to Oscars.biz, realize that is the absolute worst that Squarespace could possibly be. Right. Yeah, right. I, I am cannot. literally turning off features and saying, are you sure you want to do that? This is sized the wrong way. No, I work. want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. That, that code doesn't work. It's just going to show up as like a little bracket and yeah. then a whatever. Yep. Yes, that's what, that's what we want. Sir, while you're building this, are you sure you want that flashing like yeah. Bob's Barricade with the shovel <laughs> digging in the ditch? Yes. Animated GIF. That's what we need. That's what I want. That's the brand. Uh, yeah. There are other great examples of Squarespace. Oscars, uh, Biz, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> so they probably are going to pay us to not mention that we're Squarespace. Yeah. This is actually called blackmail right now. Yeah, yeah. This promo is blackmail. Uh, yeah. Pay us more or else we're going to align our brand with you. Right, right. Uh, uh, listen, you can start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase and to show support for the Relevant Podcast. When yeah. you use that promo code, these our sponsors know that you heard it here and uh, it keeps them supporting the show. Cool. We thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, start here. Go anywhere. As long as it's not to the Oscars. Yeah, a word right. downhill. Start yeah. here. Wreck yeah. everything we've tried. It's so hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> Put up your dumb website. Brooke Fraser is a, is a pop uh, alternative artist from New Zealand. She's living in LA now, but uh, she's from New Zealand. In fact, she's one of the top selling and most popular artists of all time in New Zealand. Her albums have been um, more than 15 times platinum. 15 insane. Gracious. to date. Yeah. It's no joke. Her latest album is fantastic. It's one of our favorites of the year. Um, uh, Brutal Romantic. It released in November. Uh, perfect timing for us to stick it in our best of the year list. Um, mm. It was our number three album of 2014. Mm. And uh, she was also featured in the January issue of Relevant. Mm. Talking to our very own Tyler Huckabee. Here is Brooke Fraser. fun for you to go out on tour you've been doing this for a little while now do you still get like there's still a thrill about taking music on stage um i would say touring has never been my favorite part of the um the, pro the creative process but um I, ca I can say um with gratitude that this 
this tour is definitely the most fun um, I've ever had kind of making music um, live. So it's been, yeah, really rewarding and kind of life-giving and really fun. So um, I'm, I'm really enjoying the experience of, of, of taking this one around. Do you feel like that has to do with the kind of music you're making? Is it more gratifying to be playing stuff off your most recent album live? I think it's a, I think it's a combination of things. I think um, probably um, certainly a, a, a huge part of that is the, the material and, um, and kind of the nature of the material and what that allows me to do on stage and the freedom it gives me in certain areas. And, um, you know, I think obviously every tour is um, kind of the mood of it. Um, is, is dependent on the material. So, for example, when I toured my album Albertine um, from 2006 through 2008, that was a really different kind of tour because I was singing about genocide every night. Um, whereas this album, um, obviously, I, I'm not. And um, and kind of the material, yeah, has has proven to be just really fun and really life giving, as I said before. And um, the, my, the new arrangements of my older material um, has kind of breathed new life into some of those songs I've been singing for um, some of them for about 12 years now. So um, that's been really fun. And I think also a component of it is just you know you you grow up as a as a human being and kind of hopefully mature and um, move through insecurities or um, habits or issues that that may have kind of caused their own challenges in the past. So I think it's a combination of all those things together, not just the thing at all answer. a little bit about your your new material because you you more so than a lot of artists i think you have gone through a lot of iterations and your sound has changed a lot over the course of your career um is that something that you set out to do you're where you're like every, i want every album to sound a little different or has it just been a very natural progression for you it's been a really a really natural progression and i guess i really put it down to um to, to just my, my journey as a, as a writer and um, my childhood and, um, you know, a lot of musicians that I hear interviewed will talk about, um, you know, growing up listening to their parents' records and being influenced by kind of various kind of iconic artists um, through the period where they were kind of beginning to discover music themselves and develop their own sound, you know, through their adolescence or whatever. But um, for me, you know, I didn't grow up in a musical household, so... I really didn't discover the music that would influence me until I was already an artist myself. So I think as a result, kind of my evolution as a writer, an artist, a producer, a lyricist has happened kind of since I've, like in the process of me making music and putting it out there in the world. So in some ways, I suppose you could say my musical puberty has kind of been (laughs) immortalized with, you know, acne and all. Can you tell me a few of the artists that you discovered that you felt like really influenced your journey? Um, well, I guess for example, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't discover Joni Mitchell until I was, you know, 19, and um, a drummer who played on a session with me um, showed me Blue, and I was completely blown away. And I had literally just never, I had, I'd heard of Joni Mitchell, but I just hadn't been, you know, exposed to it before. So really, it was, um, you know, and I, I didn't grow up around music, like I said, or necessarily even around other musicians. So it wasn't until I was kind of you know, signed as an 18-year-old to Sony Music and um, 
starting to make my music um, publicly, which involved working with other musicians in a band in a studio environment, that all of a sudden there were these people who um, had so much to expose me to musically and um, and to show me. So, um, yeah, artist like kind of journey um, I didn't discover until much later than I should have. Is there a sense in which uh, a brutal romantic that developed a lot? Where where did you pull your inspiration for at least for the sound of brutal romantic from? Where did you find that? Well, it's interesting. I think um, I'm not sure if I'm unusual in this, but um, I don't. In terms of my own sound, I've never been hugely inspired by um, other artists necessarily. It's kind of more I'll feel like an unsettling or almost like a kind of an internal growing pain about something and um, and that will tend to become almost um, the seed of a song and then when the idea comes um, it's more in terms of how I arrange it um, I'm thinking about what feels like a true expression of the song and the best almost um, the best and most authentic wardrobe for that musical wardrobe for that song to wear um, and so from that point I, I suppose I said about kind of looking for references to kind of explain what it is that I already hear in my head, a particular snare drum sound or um, or a kind of a vocal delay from, you know, an old Phil Collins record or something. So it's kind of really in the minutiae of the actual parts of the songs that, that I kind of will look for references from other artists, but not necessarily um, for the overall overarching sound. In terms of the the lyrical content, you explore some really interesting themes on Brutal Romantic, explaining some of what you feel like Brutal Romantic is about or or where you got the idea for what you wrote about. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I I think, you know, in Flags, which was my third album, that was my first time really um, exploring, um, assuming the voice of uh, a narrator um, in terms of it. external invented character as the narrator of a song um, and so you know I've, I've carried that through to Brutal Romantic um, and kind of so there's you know songs like Psychosocial and Magical Machine which kind of examine um, in a very wry way um, you know uh, the, the public's relationship with um, with public figures or, or people of influence um, and even each other when it comes to social media and stuff. Um, so that's something that I kind of observe um, <laughs> with a certain amount of um, disturbed response kind of in society. So um, I've written about that. And then kind of, to be honest, the things that I always write about have written about 
for as long as I can remember, which have to do with, I suppose, um, identity and security and who we are and what we are intended to be as um, as humans and kind of the wrestle and the struggle and the beauty of that. People listen to Brutal Romantic. Um, what do you hope they come away thinking about, or what would you say you hope is the goal for listeners to hear when they listen to your most recent album? Um, this is probably going to sound very cheesy and audacious, and possibly even arrogant, which isn't my intention. But I, I suppose my my loftiest ambition is that um, that something is ignited in people, um, that that possibility is ignited. That's what I would hope for. Brooke Fraser. You can find out more at brookfraser.com. Listening to Alabama Shakes song is Don't Wanna Fight from the album Sound and Color. Well, joining us on, on the show now is uh, Liz Bohannon. Yes. She's the founder of Seiko Designs, a fashion brand based in Uganda. In addition to handbags and accessories, they make beautiful leather sandals with interchangeable fabric straps that can be styled in hundreds of ways. Seiko began as a way to generate income for high potential talented young women to continue on to university, and it's working. Every woman who's graduated from Seiko is currently pursuing her college degree or has graduated from university and is on her way to making our world a more beautiful place. It's an amazing uh, thing she's doing. And the really cool thing is last week, last Friday on ABC, uh, Liz was able to go on Shark Tank. Very cool. Uh, So Liz, uh, we're excited to talk to you. Tell us how it went on Shark Tank. Tell us what happened. Crazy. Well... Man, it was quite uh, it was quite a wild ride when I applied for the show. Gosh, it was probably over a year ago. I um I literally didn't think twice about it. It was like I think sixty five thousand companies applied this year. So wow, wow. put a little application online. I didn't even tell my husband and co founder that I did it because it just seemed kind of so far off. So when we got a call, probably like four months later, I was like, what? Um, but we kept kind of putting one foot in front of the other, and then we found ourselves on. 
in the tank with five billionaire investors across from us and a lot of HD cameras in our face. Crazy. Um, the experience was awesome. It was really fun. Um, it was a pretty unique experience for us because we were actually in the middle of raising capital in real life. Um, so we were pretty accustomed at this point to walking into a room of investors and having those conversations and, you know, the question, typical questions that would be asked. But the dynamic definitely changes <laughs> uh, when you are on a, a set and there are cameras in your face and you know that every word that you say can be broadcast in front of 10 million people. So the stakes are definitely I cannot a little imagine. bit different. And then knowing that it's all going to be edited down, you know, we were in the tank for over an hour and it got wow. edited down to like a less than 10 minute segment. Wow. So it's, there's definitely like an added layer of consciousness of knowing like, Hey, whatever I say, um, could be chosen or not be chosen to kind of fit into this like 10 minute story that they're telling. Um, so it was crazy. So we, we went on and, you know, the first thing that happened, which was totally anticipated was the question, the question was, I don't get it. Are you, so you're a charity? And they were like totally freaked out of like, Whoa, they threw us a curveball. Like we thought we were, you know, we were about business and, and now there's a charity and we had to spend a ton of time kind of trying to reiterate our message of like, no, we're not a charity. We're a hundred percent a for-profit business, but what we've done is said, hey, we want to choose a really specific social issue that typically gets relegated to the kind of nonprofit charity sector, and we want to try to solve that issue with a for-profit, financially sustainable business model. Um, and that concept, even after an hour of conversation, uh, was it was a pretty difficult one to get across, and it was really interesting to us because I think it's easy for us in our kind of little subculture of like social enterprise to think that this concept has become so mainstream, right? Like how can a business actually solve a social problem? Right. Um, right. And this was a really good example that that is exactly, it is a subculture and that kind of the more mainstream broad view on capitalism is no, 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 no. You don't mix those things at the very best you might try to get really, really, really rich. And then once you get rich, you can like give your money away to charities. That's like kind of the only way that these two worlds can combine. And that was kind of like the, the constant messaging was like, no, get rich first and then you can give stuff away at the end. Um, but that's just not really what we're about. I think that there's definitely a place for charity and philanthropy in every community and every society. Um, but I think we have to be thinking about marketplace solutions for some of these bigger issues and um, kind of longer term economic development. And to do that, I really believe that, that we have to be incorporating business and building industry. Did, for the people who didn't see the episode, did you guys get funded by any of the sharks? No. <laughs> spoiler alert. Sorry, I think you're supposed to say spoiler alert first. <laughs> um, no, we didn't. Who were the sharks on, on for that, that particular show? So it was Mark. Cuban, mm-hmm. Barbara, oh, Lori, uh, Robert, and Kevin. Wow. Okay. How was yeah. the, I mean, by, by the time the hour is up, did, did light bulbs start to turn on at all? Were they starting to get it or were you never? Because, I mean, it is, it's a, it's kind of a unique concept. Even hearing it, I assumed it was a nonprofit until you were about halfway into it. And I'm like, oh, I kind of need to rethink this whole thing. Like, how did they ever light up? Uh, I wish I could say that my communication skills and persuasive speech lessons were so great that they all turned and saw the light. And the answer to that is no. Basically, the like the last way that they went out was like yet another one of 
the shark saying like, Hey, I think that you need to be more focused on getting rich faster and making a profit faster so that you can, and then you can give your money, you can fund an orphanage or you can give, you know, socks to homeless people or whatever it is. And so, but when, as we were walking out, it was kind of like, ah, that did not, the, the message of what we're trying to do is, is definitely hasn't been fully received. Yeah, but I bet that wasn't your communication. I bet that was, I mean, this is a really revolutionary and different kind of kind of idea. I wonder what kind of reception have you gotten outside of like people watching the show now and hitting you up and wanting to talk about it? Yeah, and, and honestly, I think it's been cool to see that in some ways we really do feel like those specific people, those the, the sharks represent a generation ahead of us. Oh. And it's very similar to the feedback that, that we get a lot from people that are kind of one generation ahead of us. I mean, when we first started our business, you know, our board sat us down and was basically just like, I think you're talking out of both sides of your butt, guys. You know, <laughs> do you want to help women in Africa or do you want to make money? And, and, and we were like, guys, we, we want to do both and we believe that we can do both. And we think it's going to take longer to, um, you know, to be financially sustainable and to be profitable than it would if we didn't have kind of this, this double line mission. But in the end, we really believe that purpose is going to drive long-term value for our brand and for this company. Um, and we see that idea is a lot easier to get across in in our generation specifically. And I think the the dichotomy, the like really strict division between philanthropy and business has started to meld a little bit more. Yeah. I think with our generation, there's still there's still the concept of the giving model is is kind of our idea of how that works. You know, like your Tom's buy a pair, give a pair, or mm-hmm. buy a pack of gum and we'll donate something which is combining business and philanthropy, but it's still, um, it's still basically charity, right? So you're earning money, but then you're still donating it in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think that there's totally a place for that. But what we're trying to do is say, we want to build in the social impact into the very like DNA of our business. So from the time that we spend a dollar in our operating like we, uh, budget, we want that to be directly correlated to this social mission. It has nothing to do with what we're doing with our profits afterwards. It's how the actual like core and DNA of the business itself runs. I got I got to ask like an inside baseball question about Shark Tank. Did like did you feel like experiencing it like it was authentic or is this like a big show like they they kind of like crank it to 11 for dramatic effect or do you think it's like a real thing? I mean like is this is this show or is it business? What yeah, is well, it? were they getting into like a character or were they like legit? You know, I think it's a combination of both. Like at the end of the day, it's TV. And here's the thing. No one wants to watch an hour of like a real investor pitch meeting because it's a lot calmer. Like it's a lot more low key. You know, like I said, we were in the middle of raising our funds when we went on the show. So at the point that we filmed, we already had half of our um, round raised. So one, it put us in a really awkward position where like we couldn't negotiate our valuation. It was basically like you're either in on on these terms or you're out. Um, because you know when Kevin comes out and says you're totally crazy, you know with that valuation, it's kind of like uh, actually we have real life investors who have validated that validation and we've already raised half of it, so it's not that crazy. Mm. Um, so did did you say that to them? Did you say we have real life investors like? <laughs> 
I, I don't know if I was that sassy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we definitely told, I mean, we were definitely up front and saying we've already raised half of it. Yeah. You can be in on these terms. And of course, you know what? Real investors uh, value yeah. us this way. Real ones. Real yeah. ones. Yeah. Not you people. That's going to go over real. Like, they're real investors. They're Investors real... that don't have SAG cards, they value us this way. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. like, you know, brilliant, obviously super successful investors, but it's very different. Our, the type of investors that were and have been since attracted to Seiko um, definitely are asking different questions. Um it's, and so it's just kind of a different framework. So to some degree, it's real. Like I would say the majority of uh, most of the questions that we were asked on the show would be similar to questions that we would be asked from, you know, in a real life pitch environment. The difference was like the speed and the intensity of it, right? I mean, literally from the second our pitch got over for the next hour, it was just like questions, questions. I mean, they are talking over each other. They are like one person's asking Ben a question and one person's asking me a question and the cameras are there. I mean, it's just like a totally different, the level of intensity is definitely a lot different. Mm. Um, and of course there's some like persona, like, you know, that Mr. Wonderful is going to be the first one to ask about why aren't you making it in China? And you know, at the end of the day, it's all about numbers. And there's kind of like some things that you just by watching the show a couple of times, um, you come to expect, and I would say those things. No one really, no one really surprised us. And and, and uh, the night that the show came out, you you posted a thing on Instagram. Uh, you were singing along with Taylor Swift, saying "Haters gonna hate." Uh, but <laughs> you also announced in that post that you guys got fully funded, right? I mean, yeah. You- so we we closed our funding round um, a couple weeks ago, actually, before the show aired. And we raised 100% of what we were looking for at oh, awesome. the crazy, crazy. Evalu- valuation that we were going after. With real investors. <laughs> yeah. Real you know, investors. On reality show investors. Yeah. And That's team so of investors cool. that we feel like are 100% aligned. Like They really believe... More so, honestly, in kind of the patient capital model, which is... That's a term that was coined by Jacqueline Novogratz, who wrote um, The Blue Sweater, and, and she founded the Acumen Fund. And this whole idea that it's real capital, you're investing real money in real businesses and expect a real return with the understanding that how fast you're going to see those returns might be a little bit slower than if you're investing in kind of just a traditional for-profit business. Um, Your expectation on those returns can be similar, but you have to be a little bit patient with that. Um, And all of our investors that we have on board are 100% in line with that and really hold kind of an equal weight, our financial goals, as well as our social goals. So we're pretty stoked about that. Mm. Well, congratulations. It's yeah. awesome. If yeah, uh, awesome. if everybody wants to check it out, you can go to SeikoDesigns.com. It's S-S-E-K-O Designs.com. Awesome. And follow them on Twitter at Seiko Designs. Thanks for coming on, that was Liz. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Liz. Why can't you take the leaf off your mouth? Listening to Jose Gonzalez, the song is Leaf Off. We're the they're cave. listening to. Jesse's still listening to Nickelback. Yeah. 
Well, it's time for your feedback, and we have a special surprise for this week's feedback segment. Uh, because he was on the show last week where we asked this question, we thought, hey, let's have, let's have our old friend Adam Smith back on the show. So joining us for this segment is uh, Adam Smith. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and Adam is in the room of icons. <laughs> he, he last week, was, uh, two weeks ago, he was laying on his bed. Right. Uh, then last week, he was in a hotel room in Melbourne, I believe. No shirt on. Melbourne. And, uh, and this week, he is now, I think, at a cathedral. Where are you? Somewhere. Uh, it's it's honestly just another room in my house. Oh, there there is more than one room. Interesting. This in my is house. is it your yes. prayer closet? Because you have a lot <laughs> of right. religious iconography around. No, it's it's my office, which would connote that work actually happens in it, but it doesn't. Gotcha. Terrifying. Office. Gotcha. Um, so, <laughs> Adam, if you hear anything happening in the background, uh, it is actually Nickelback being played on Jesse's uh, iPad. So we're deep in it, man. <laughs> Yeah, th- thankfully it's not coming through. I've I've been amazed to watch the uh, the uptake from all the different news organizations, and then of course the inevitable nickel backlash. Oh no! <laughs> I love it. No, the nickel backlash. Love it. It's it's it was it's become a global story. It's sweeping the it's it's literally sweeping the globe as we speak. Jesse is somebody else's slice. Uh, that is that, that's right. It's finally it's finally it's like the snake is eating itself. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Good job. Oh man. Oh uh, well. We're, everyone's anxious to see how this is going to end, and no one thinks it's going to end well. Yeah. <laughs> no. 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 Yeah. No. Um, okay. It's time for your feedback. Uh, last week we asked you because it was Valentine's weekend, uh, or as we call it uh, in Loverland, um, every day. Every just, day. Yeah, yeah. It's just every just day. Just this Loverland, week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last week we asked you, what is your worst date story? Um, people were going on dates. I think people date on Valentine's Day. Yeah. And so uh, we want to know your worst date story. You guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and posted over there. You also hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. And here are a few of our favorites. Look, what became uh, extremely obvious to me uh, when reading through this is that it was mostly women who were posting their worst date stories, oh, which, means, right. which means guys you probably have been someone's worst date story. Right. Um, right. If you don't, if you don't know a Michael Scott in your office, it's you. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's that yeah. kind of phenomenon. Exactly. Yeah. If you haven't had a worst date story, you've been someone else's uh, point. Uh, case in point, uh, Chelly 9103 says, not a when real I was name. Eight, what's that? Not her, not her real name. Her I friends think. call her 9103. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not actually Shelly. It's probably Short, Catherine 9103. They, yeah, they shorten it to 9103. Uh, the, <laughs> When I was 18, I went on a date with a 22-year-old boy who showed up at my door with the gift of a kitten. What? Then, wow. we headed, then we headed to his truck where his mother and father waited to take us to a local diner. At the diner, his mother proceeded to order his food for him after insisting that he wash his hands first. <gasps> then we went wow. and walked around the Walmart with his parents. To make the situation worse, <gasps> I now had a cat I didn't want that I was <gasps> sure was possessed no by the devil. Way. It would jump on my head and dig its claws into my hair. So I had a two-year reminder of this crazy Norman Bates encounter. Um, wait, wait. Thing cats that's, live longer than two years. What? That's, that's the thing that struck me <laughs> reading this. It's like, what did you do to this cat? <laughs> yeah, it's not two years fault. is an odd amount of time. You would think it would have something – if she was going to do something crazy – or, or, or give it away or whatever. It would have happened in the first three months. Yeah. 
Not two years. Yeah, at that point, the cat's grown yeah. on you. <laughs> yeah, like you're attached to the cat at that point. So or it's attached you, to you. That guy may have been a bad date, but you're a terrible cat owner. <laughs> <laughs> I, for both of your sakes, I'm glad this did not work out. I, I mean, what is the mindset? I mean, I get he was probably homeschooled, you know, he, you know, the whole, oh, you oh know, God, you're but, I'm just, get, but I'm just saying, that I mean, was Cameron, by the way, because I don't want the feedback. You're telling me that this 22 year old who goes on a Walmart date with his parents went to public school. I yeah, think it's very likely he went to public school. Don't you feel like it's, I went to public school. Everybody was crazy. Not crazy sheltered. You're no, sheltered because your parents keep you home to protect you from the real world. Who? Okay, in your mind, what is the least crazy educational environment? Least crazy educational that, environment. That you're going to come out on the other side and not be walking around to Walmart with a girl. Oh, just, you know, a good <laughs> Christian school, a private school. I, I would know. disagree. I, 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 think public I said a I good think, one. Honestly, I think public school probably... Toughens yeah. you up. Yeah, you know, it toughens you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love this. Yeah. Well, you, don't, you don't go around carrying kittens. Kittens, yeah, yeah. You're not getting away with that at public school. Yeah, that would never go down with, like, the sharks, the sharks school. and the jets. They would never put up with that. Right. And, yeah, and, yeah. anyway. So sorry, sorry what is the point. mindset of this sheltered homeschool kid thinking, oh, you know what would be a really nice gesture on a first date is to give her a live animal that she has to care for, feed, protect, and provide for for the rest of its life. Because he's looking long-term. He wants to see if he, if this is the person he's eventually going to start a family with, uh-huh. Yeah, what kind of parent this, you know, wouldn't it's probably that be it's like, Wouldn't that be like you've been dating six months and it's like her birthday or something like What's that? What's the point? Why not, why yeah. not start out with a live creature? <laughs> yeah, right. well, Jesse, if that's the case, how many kittens has this guy given away? <laughs> my right. guess, my guess is this is probably his first date ever. He just didn't know any better. He's just like, what do I do? What would be perfect? What, what, would be, oh. what do girls like? They think kittens are cute. Oh, I'll pick up a kitten on the way over. Oh, and also, I'm crazy. Yeah. So I'll just give her a kitten. So <laughs> but I don't know I'm crazy because I don't have any friends because I was homeschooled. Oh, no. so. oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> oh, What's Lord. Next? If I ever do decide to homeschool my kids, I'm going to lie to you. And you're like, how's school? And I'm going to have them like, I'm going to buy them little letterman jackets that say like lake mary high school or something so then, yeah. so then yeah but uncle, any, uncle cameron fair, it's yeah. going to be pretty difficult to hide the uh constant kitten gifts <laughs> <laughs> here I'm saying, hello mr strang it's nice to see you here is yet another cat for you here's a live here's a live animal you're gonna have to care for for the next two to three years thanks lucy <laughs> two <to> three years. <laughs> that, that's usually how long people last with these things tan says uh that in his first year of college see okay real quick this is a cautionary tale that if you meet someone, don't make your first date tick like gift to them something in the distant future. Yeah. So he went to college and he bought a girl, Delirious. You remember the band Delirious? Yeah. He bought them tickets so they could go uh, see them together. But the problem was within a month of buying the tickets of the action, within a month. Um, the, the relationship cooled off significantly. <laughs> so when the f- concert finally came, the tickets are bought at this point. So they're having to go together. It turned out that he was going to have to go with her entire family who had also purchased tickets. They said that uh, the, the concert was relative silence other than the music the whole time. The worst part is at the end of the night, she made her dad drive me home. Oh, oh wow. That's, See, that's, Dan, you were her worst date story. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but at that point, you just don't have to see Delirious. 
You know, right. you're like, you know what? The awkwardness is not worth the modern worship experience. Yeah. And, you know, they're going to be around forever. You're going to get to see them again. There's <laughs> no way they're not going to come through your area. Uh, Kristen Diesel said, and this is this is, just, this is weird. This one is really I, I went back and forth on whether to read it, but it felt like her story needed to be honored. Um, <laughs> Kristen said, I had a guy from OKCupid. Problem one. I had a guy from OKCupid take me to an abandoned cemetery at night. At this point, Kristen, you run. Right? Yeah. You don't even go. When, okay, well, whatever. This <laughs> I is, hope she had a whistle on her. <laughs> abandoned cemetery at night without flashlights for our first date. No. He and I had a few friends in common, and he seemed totally normal. So when he said he wanted to just go for a walk or something, I didn't think he wanted me to wander around the woods in the dark trying to trip over the exposed grave casings so he could show me where the last guy to be hung in Tennessee was buried. <laughs> Oh my word! What? That is the worst date. I mean, that doesn't get any worse. The fact that he abandoned her, and right. then, and then, no, he abandoned her. No, it doesn't. No, oh. there's no more to it. <laughs> no. No, just and Jesse's he, in a, Jesse's in a dark place. Let's not forget yeah. that he made his dad drive her home. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she came out alive, so it's not super tragic. But like everything about that is a cautionary tale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When so I read you like most of the time, like if someone says, "Do you want to go walk around the abandoned cemetery at night?" You're already sealed in a barrel by this point. <laughs> right. And and I think a good early I think a good early dating question would be like, hey, any chance you know uh, where the last guy hung in Tennessee was buried? And if the answer is like, yeah, I do, well, then you say, you know what? Swipe. I don't know how OkCupid works. Is that a dating thing now? Yeah, isn't there an OkCupid filtering process where she could have like, hey, what's your ideal Saturday night date? Chad? And I have no clue. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no clue. I like Matt Daly's here uh, because this one, I mean, this is another one that he, he may have just dodged a bullet with. The continued signs were saying, this is your last date with this girl. He says it was a second date a few years ago and it was back when the swing dance renaissance was, was happening. Oh, yeah. Remember so they well. arrived to the swing dancing venue and then have a, a romantic walk on, on the boardwalk downtown. When they get to the historic uh, theater that uh, uh, hosted the dance, the building was on fire. They spent the next two hours watching downtown burn, and when they finally pulled the plug on the date, he discovered that his car had been blocked by fire trucks and had to call his mom to come pick him up. Wow, wow, wow. Man. Man. That's a memorable date, though. When they you remember that night we watched Downtown Burn? Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our big gone with the bring our night. own marshmallows. How <laughs> romantic! Um, I, I actually had a uh, a pretty. I'm not going to call it a bad date because it was with my wife, so we had a, a really good time. Um, but for Valentine's Day, it didn't turn out quite like we anticipated. Um, we decided there's this old, um, this old. Kind of cemetery. complex here. Yeah, cemetery. Yeah, an old cemetery. It's a complex where we take her to walk around. We put people yeah. after they die. Yeah. 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 Well, it, more or less, it's uh, <laughs> it's the quarantine station, right? So uh, from the early 1800s on, for about you know a period of about 150 years, if there was a ship coming into Sydney and someone was sick on the ship, the entire ship would get quarantined. Right. And so they'd be taken to this station that was basically like, you know, they had cabins in a hospital and you stayed there until they could tell that you weren't bringing any infectious diseases into Australia. And supposedly this place is super haunted. Right. Yeah. yeah it has to and be. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like it would be an insult 
for it not to be right. Uh, people, there was malaria. People died there constantly. Malaria and typhoid, or whatever. All the time. Yellow fever. So it's like the ghosts would just be lazy at this point, right? If they didn't want this place. Boo! So, welcome, <laughs> boo! Yeah, <laughs> rattle some chains. That was your, that was your impression of a lazy ghost. Boo! <laughs> just, oh it's my kind gosh. of a hipster go- yeah. oh, ghost. Yeah, just it over it. Yeah. Boo! Bony bear. Who cares the, anymore? Of, of course, as one might imagine, this place does ghost tours right certainly and so we've been wanting to do this since we very first moved to sydney we always thought this would be a really cool thing to do uh and so we thought for valentine's day that's what we're gonna do I and mean, it's weird but you it know it is that's yeah that just seemed like a it's fun a memory thing to do. something yeah it's something we've been wanting to do for a long time so we had a nice dinner and then we go to this um this ghost tour and it turns out uh, this may surprise you Right, but somehow the uh, the Sydney Harbor Trust, who runs this uh, this Q station, somehow they've managed to hire only the world's most powerful mediums as you know wow. minimum wage tour guides. That's cool for this ghost tour. Uh, and so we had a guy who claimed to be a medium, and rather than a tour talking about the kind of history of the different buildings and what other people say they've saw seen. It was basically three hours of this guy talking about his imaginary friends. Uh, (laughs) It was just like stuff, stories that were so utterly preposterous that if they had a shred of truth to them, you would have heard them before because they would have made the front page of every newspaper in the world <laughs> for empirically proving the existence of ghosts. Right. Wow. Yeah. Like, like talking about, Oh, the, the, I got thrown a hundred meters across a cemetery in Scotland. Like you got thrown the length of a football field by a ghost <laughs> and somehow you know, it's like those like those Discovery Channel shows, like Finding Bigfoot. Like, spoiler alert, they don't. You know? <laughs> because if they did, it'd be the biggest news story in the entire world. Good um, night. So at one point, like the there's the mortuary. We're supposed to go in the mortuary, Ooh, gross. and in the mortuary they have you know the slab, like no. the mortuary slab. Gross. And they have a mannequin under a sheet Messed in up. there, right? Yeah, just to just to be scary, and so. My wife takes one look at that and she's like, no, I'm not going in there. (laughs) And uh, so everyone else goes in and he's like, you should really come in. She's like, no, that's okay. I'll just hang out out here. And he's like, no, seriously, the ghost in here, if you stay out there, he will come out to you and you're actually putting yourself in more danger. It's like, uh, you know what? I think I'll take my chances with that imaginary thing you just made up versus the very real thing making me uncomfortable in there. Yeah, what a (laughs) terrible... Hold on, was that guy, He was that shtick, or was he kind of buying that? No, he was serious. He was oh, 100% boy. serious. Yeah, that, no, that's a private school kid, right, Cameron? <laughs> my, my, question, my question is, who are the people? You guys went there kind of ironically. Right. Oh, here's a kind of a kitschy way that we're going to do Valentine's Day. Yeah. Who are the other yeah. people in your tour group? That's right. what I'm saying. That they're no, going... I- Right. I will say the other people seemed legitimately concerned that she stayed outside. <laughs> yeah, a little concerned about the individual or the or like of of his stories. But like we may be on a tour led by a psychopath or this guy's on. No, no, concerned concerned about my wife that she was that she was putting herself in mortal danger yeah. by staying outside. Yeah. No, no, you got to come. So these are just sad, lonely people on Valentine's Day going to the ghost tour. They they all at the beginning of 
the evening, they all exchanged kittens. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to have a sacrifice in case the ghost gets angry. You have to immediately. You have to. They're have- all two-year-old cats. <laughs> yeah, you have to have burnt offerings prepared for the altar. Wow. The only thing that really would have redeemed it is if at the end of the night, like you know. We'd given feedback about the ghost tour to the people working and been like, ah, oh, it wasn't great. And then like, oh, who was your guide? Oh, it was, it was Sam. Sam's been dead for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Large Marge. Who gave you a yeah. Large Marge? <laughs> Sam was killed by a litter of evil kittens. <laughs> <laughs> Not kittens. They were two. I think they were two. Right. right. And they were just uh, still young. Bad two cats. Juvenile cats. <laughs> Um, well. All right. Well, there's more if you want to go check it out. And it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, we don't have a normal question of the week because this is Oscars.biz voting week. This, so there is a you, there is palpable energy in the yeah. room today between my big Twitter news and with uh, what was with, your big Twitter? Oh, news? Mac Powell started following me on Twitter today. <laughs> oh, nailed wow. it from third day. Yeah, he only follows about three hundred and something people, and one of them is me. It's probably the best, probably the best social media day of my life. Congratulations. <laughs> Eddie was quite literally flipping out this morning. He Wait, was going literally, literally flipping, flipping down the this, hallway. Yeah. And this body's not even made for flipping. It, but was, it was. I've it never happened. seen you so excited. A ghost it was just a really him. big day. But anyhow, between that and Jesse and Oscars, it's yeah. just, there's a lot so of energy. a lot going on. Uh, so what we want you to do to answer this week's question of the week is go vote for the Oscars awards. And you can do that at oskarz.biz. Just like Oscars.biz. <laughs> and uh, you can vote for all the winners. And next week, we'll have the big... Oscars ceremony with our guest host to announce the winners. If you need context for Oscars.biz, go back five years and listen to that episode. Yeah. How, wait, is <laughs> this it, is the fifth year. It's wow. the fifth annual Oscars this year, guys. Oh, man. So this all started five years ago. So if you go to the podcast section, Wiki, you can search, just type in Oscars. Yeah. And four episodes will come up. Right. And then now this year's. Right. Five years we've been doing Oscars. Fifth year right and here, guys. It's really exciting. Jesse, you have... We have a lot to be proud of. You've made it a national moment, my friend. It, it is, it's a legacy. You've given you know? us so much, Jesse. <laughs> Oscars. If, if there's two things I've remembered for in my life. <laughs> it's the Oscars and the Nickelback Challenge. And the time that a guy listening to Nickelback for a week made Time Magazine. Yeah. You, and you soon to be BuzzFeed, Canadian CBC. Yeah, who knows? By the time this show Daily, drops. Daily Mail. Yeah, Jesse may be... I mean, He, he might be, be a slice on Fallon yeah. one of these nights. That, oh, no, that would be isn't the that ultimate. The, isn't that what you want more than anything i just retire at that point i think if, i would have if, to if any of the Alan late, monologue but doesn't that make it like any one of those guys certainly yeah a guy in seth meyers somebody's a guy somebody in virginia beach a radio show guy is yeah. listening true, to true story here true yeah. story i'm not making this up <laughs> yeah. you hear about this one you hear about but this leno story. comes story. back <laughs> is it, is it, <laughs> okay uh, did you hear about this kevin did you hear about this yeah true story yeah 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 i'm uh <laughs> literally <laughs> leno blocks out a special a comeback special just to bring this news jesse if you just make to it, deliver this monologue. If you make it on a late night monologue, even if it's Fer- Craig Ferguson, is he still on? He's great. I love by the way. Craig Ferguson. He's funny, man. I think they have guest hosts doing his show now until <laughs> oh, the boy. next guy comes. He's but e- anyway, I Anywhere. get the point. I would just, it'd be really exciting. Yeah. I'm really excited for you. Very excited. All right. Remember, go to oscars.biz and vote. Many thanks to Brooke Frazier for talking to us. Make sure yeah. to check out her awesome new album, Brutal Romantic. Uh, it's out now. Uh, you find out more at brookefraser.com. And thanks to Liz Bohannon. Um, too bad they didn't get funded on Shark Tank, but I'm glad they got fully funded. They're doing yeah. awesome work. 
And you can find out more at SeikoDesigns.com. Thanks also to our sponsors. Remember to head over to Stamps.com, enter promo code RELEVANT for a free trial and a huge offer package. And also Squarespace. Use offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase. And if you want to see extras and video outtakes from this show, including the Oscars.biz uh, awards video, yeah. make sure to head over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash RELEVANT. On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffold. I'm Chad Michael Snavely. I'm Adam Smith. I'm Jesse Carey. Go give to Charity Water. There you go. My.charitywater.org slash NB challenge. Please don't make Jesse suffering in vain. <laughs> yes. For his wife and his child and his coworkers, please give. That sweet guy. <laughs> and the people that are getting clean water. Oh, yeah, those guys too. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but mostly you, right, <laughs> at this point. I feel like. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and get bonus material from this episode at the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check out the magazine. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. You don't, you don't sell 50 million albums being a fool. And I've been listening to the music to prove it.